If you are an excellent discipler, most of your friends will be folks who want something from you, and they'll be less inclined to give something to you. Like a man with a truck who has lots of friends because of the service that he provides. Good disciples are rent of friends. A few years ago, I was counseling this lady, maybe 10 years ago, and she said, I enjoy coming to you because when I have a question or have a need of some sort, I can come and meet and we can do counseling two or three times and it's really nice. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm like rent a friend. And she laughed. She immediately knew what I was talking about. And I laughed too, because I understand the nature of my profession. I have something to offer and and people want to come to me, and in most cases, these are unidirectional relationships, and that's why I said that if you are an excellent discipler, then most of your friends, and I would put friends in quotation marks because they will not be reciprocal relationships. They will be relationships where they are want, want something from you. It reminds me of my brother when he was in the U.S. Army. He was on the U.S. Army powerlifting team for a for a while, and I mean, he could bench 550 pounds. I mean, he was a strong dude, and when he walked, he walked like an upside-down V as far as his legs were concerned because his quads were so large that he couldn't walk like a normal person, and living in an army community, people were uh, moving all the time, and so when they saw my brother, it was always like, hey, would you help me move this refrigerator? Hey, would you grab that washing machine over there and put it in the back of our truck. He was a man with many friends because he was a big dude, and he can move your refrigerator. He's a man with a truck. A man with a truck has a lot of friends. A good discipler has lots of friends. Well, I want to talk about that today. In fact, the title of this podcast is called A Good Discipler is a Rent-A-Friend, but I want to take it from a different perspective than probably what you're thinking right now. Now, if you want to read this article, you're welcome to do that. Go to our website, rickthomas.net, and you can read all about it there. I have a short video inserted in this article as well, and you can watch that. And I have some other articles, too. If you really want to do more, you can always do more. If you want to take the time, just go to our website. By the way, I am Rick Thomas, and you're listening to your daily drive. This is the podcast where we put our article content in audio format so you can listen on the run. I want to jump into rent a friend in just a moment, but I want to share with you a part of a note that was sent uh, to our ministry today from a podcast listener, and I'm not going to give the individual's name nor their gender. I just want to share what this person said because it was an encouragement. It was in the body of a larger question that was being asked, but this was part of it. The writer said, I've been listening to your podcast for over a year now and really appreciate your practical encouragement and honesty with how we struggle. I'm in a much better place emotionally now than I was when I first found you and your podcast has been a big part of it, a podcast listener. And I wanted to share that with you. As I have in the last couple of podcasts, I thought, or the Your Daily Drive podcast, I thought it would be helpful. I do want you to know that it is reaching people. And maybe that's not so much for you to know as it is for me to know. Because as I sit behind the microphone, I am looking at what I'm sharing with you, but I'm not looking at you, and sometimes I can forget that I'm talking to real people. And so when I receive notes like that, 
it's really a good reminder that uh, I need to really remember that uh, these resources are going out to people who are having a very hard time, whether it's personally, relationally, a situational difficulty that they may may be going through. And so as much as I'm reminding you, I'm reminding myself that there are people who are listening to these podcasts. Our podcast ministry is growing for the really simple reason that it's just easier, quite honestly. There's another reason, too, is since uh, Steve Jobs gave us the mobile phone in 2008, our reading uh, has really shifted, and it's hard to read on a mobile phone. And because 70% of people, more than that now, but uh, consume most of their content on mobile devices, it's harder to read on a small phone, no matter how large they make them, it's too tedious. And so our reading or our consumption of material has changed, and that's why our podcasts are doing so well, because, quite frankly, it's just easier to listen, and we're all moving, going somewhere, doing something, and so we can multitask. And while we're in commute or whatever it is we may may be doing, we can listen to an article as opposed to reading it. The articles on our website are really archived, and therefore that time when you can set aside and you do want to do a deep dive into something, but we don't really produce articles for people to consume on a daily basis because it's not really reasonable because of how people consume on small devices. And so we have them there so that you can get to them at any point. But the thing that people are really growing as far as what they are appreciating, are the podcasts, because you can listen to the article immediately, and it's just easier to listen to with the ear than to read something uh, on a device, especially a long-form content like a lot of our articles are. And that's why I wanted to share that with you about the individual who wrote. And as that person said, I want to revisit that first line again. I've been listening to your podcast for over a year now. That is a common con- uh, that is a common thing that we hear. I've been listening for over a year now, or I've been reading for over a year now. And it takes about that long for people to get in the groove of what we are doing and how we do what we do, why we do what we do, and and to begin to benefit from what we are doing. And this is not instant gratification. Things won't change quickly for any of us, especially the the big things or the meaning meaningful things. It takes time for things to change, and we get a lot of email traffic that it says something to that effect. I've been listening to you for over a year now, and that's what I would encourage you to do. I would also admonish you as well if you think that your problems are going to resolve quickly. It just doesn't happen a good year in our resources can make dramatic changes, and that's one of the things that this writer was implying. Let's talk about rent friends The title of the podcast, the article, also, A Good Discipler is a rent friend Jesus was also this way, too. He was, like a man. he was like a man with a truck or like my brother who could move refrigerators. He had a service. People were not as interested in what was going on in his life or the sacrifices that he made to help them. They just wanted the help. And for you disciples out there, biblical counselors, you got to get your mind right about this. Uh, Most of the people that come to you will not be your long-term friends. They will just want you for a season. You are a rent a friend. 
And that is just the way it works. Now, you do the same thing. When you go to a restaurant or you go buy a piece of furniture or buy a car, you only have a temporary interest in that individual. And so we don't want to be condemning here. For all of us renter friends who say, yeah, they just use us. Well, we do the same thing. And Jesus was that way. What it cost him to give what he gave to them was really inconsequential. The tears that he cried, the prayers that he prayed, the how he carried people on his heart. Uh, and if you don't guard your heart against this reality, you'll become bitter by all the folks who use you for their agendas and then leave you after they get what they wanted. It's just the nature of the business. But what I want to do in this podcast is I want to look at this problem from their perspective. What does it say about them? What's wrong with their relationships that motivate that motivate them to rent a friend? The fact that they would come to you at all rather than going someone going somewhere else to someone else. What does that say about them? What does that say about their relationships? I asked someone recently about her friendships. It was a relationship question that I was asking, and my relationship question was in the context of her routine day-to-day life. Now, when I use the word friendship, I'm talking about people who get into your mess in a reciprocating way. When I talk about friendship, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about reciprocation where you speak into their lives and they speak into you, your lives. That's why I said earlier that all of my, uh, many of my friends, or most of your friends, uh, if you are a good discipler, I said you put friends in quotation marks because they aren't reciprocal relationships. And so when I use the word friendship, I'm talking about reciprocal relationships. It's not just a one-way street. You're speaking into their lives and they speak into your lives, uh, your life, and that is a good friendship, but I asked someone this relationship question in the context of her routine day-to-day life. What are your friendships like? Do you have true reciprocating friendships? Now, I've asked this question many times during my counseling career, and I want to share with you some of the answers that I received when I asked a friendship question, meaning uh, who are you speaking into their life? And are they reciprocating by speaking into your life? And the reason I'm asking the question is because, honestly, I'm trying to move them away from a biblical counseling construct. I'm trying to move them away from hiring rent-a-friends, finding rent-a-friends, people who uh, they can come to seasonally uh, to get their problems answered, when a better answer is for them to build relationally with people in their day-to-day routine life, reciprocating, but here are some of the responses that I get. Quote, yes, I I have a friend who lives in another state. I talk to her from time to time, and she's been such a help to me. Here's another one. I have a friend in town that I talk to once or twice a month. Here's a third one. I, I I don't want anyone to know. I don't want anybody in my church to know what's happening to me. That's why I come to you. I don't want them to know what's going on in my life. I want to come over here and get some help, and then I'll go back to my church, and and then that'll be that. Here's a fourth one. 
I have a new, I have a few Facebook friends that I chat with about things. Now you can perceive the obvious implication regarding the breakdown of their friendships. Well, one of the obvious implications is that none of the relationships that they talked about here are local church reciprocal relationships. You see, most of our problems that require counselor, honestly, they would go away if we had adequate friendships within our local churches. Let me state this another way. I rarely counsel someone who has a community of church friends who have the freedom for sin sharing with appropriate reciprocation. I put the word appropriate in there. We want to be appropriate in how we share. We want to be appropriate in with whom we share stuff with. But if we had a community of friends, even if that was one friend in our local church where we could be most transparent, I rarely counsel someone who has that kind of reciprocal friendship. The type of reciprocal transparency is it's not just sharing of their problems, but it's the provision of comparable, in-depth, practical solutions. And so what I'm also not talking about is a person who just talks about the problems all the time, but they aren't looking for practical solutions or they don't have anyone to give them practical solutions. And so what I'm talking about are a community of Christ-like disciple-makers where you can share what is truly going on in your life and others can share the same in their lives. They can share it with you, and there are in-depth practical solutions. In many cases, biblical counseling is a rent-a-friend paradigm because the people who come to you do not have competent disciple-making friends in their local churches. Typically, I inquire as to the level of the awareness of their friends regarding what is happening in their lives. It is at this juncture that I receive several different kinds of responses. Like, for example, let me give you a few examples when I ask someone, well, who knows about what's going on in your life? They'll say their friends do not know because they do not want them to know that's a big one. It's similar to what I said earlier about the person who goes to the biblical counselor because they don't want the church or the pastor or whomever to know what's going on in their lives. And that's, that's a very real fear of man issue that they don't want people to know what's going on in their lives. Or they will say their church doesn't get deep with folks. Now, that is true, too. There's enough sin to go around here, and it's not just the person who doesn't want to share but it's also a church that doesn't create these types of contexts where you can share, and it's a part of the ingrained culture of the church. Or you may hear they don't have any friends, or you may hear their friends that can help them don't help them. Or one of the things that I hear is that they have been burnt too many times. This, is, this leads to cynicism. This is the person that withdraws. They had rather rent a friend than build a relationship. Their counselor is a safe and temporary option. Now, I understand this predicament. And I don't want folks to see the trouble uh, that I struggle with either, and I understand that. I want to keep my own problems under wraps. I get it. We all are Adamic that way, where we keep our problems hidden hidden behind our fig leaves. The pro- but the problem is that you will almost always 
find the cure for your issues within a community of Christ-like disciple-makers. But isn't that the problem? Where do you find such a friend? How do you go about it? And, of course, folks will say, I tried, but it didn't work. Now, I am not oblivious to what I am suggesting. I get it. I really do. And I know many of you have tried. And I know for some, a podcast like this can be exasperating. Here we go again, running me back to my local church when I know that my local church is not going to help me. Well, I understand that. I'm not oblivious. I get it. I've been doing this for a long time. I have been there, done that too. Still yet, the best way to overcome this problem, a lack of reciprocating, in-depth, competent relationships, it is to take the offensive. You must persevere. Now, if you have no place to go, honestly, you can start with us. Let us be your rent-a-friend until you can build relationally within your local community. Because I am well aware that it can be a big ask to ask you to go back to your local church when you know good and well that is probably not going to happen. But let me add a caveat to us being your temporary friend. We are not a long-term friendship solution for you. Now, we can help you bridge this relational problem while you ask the Father to bring that person into your life who will go the distance with you. The title of this podcast is A Good Discipler is a Rent-A-Friend. There is a need for people like us, and I understand it, but I also want to contextualize that within a short, as a short-term solution to what you really need. Let me ask you a few questions regarding this podcast. Number one, do you have a true friend? Do you have that kind of person who accepts you for who you are while helping you draw closer to Jesus? You need that. I need that. Number two, are you cynical about your relationships because they have burned you one too many times? Now, if you are, I want you to read an article, and it's embedded inside of this article on cynicism. I really want you to read it. Again, this article is a good discipler, is a rent-a-friend. Just type rent-a-friend in our search box, and you'll get this article. And then I want you to read the one on cynicism that's embedded here. And then finally, number three, how may we serve you? Let us know. We are an engagement ministry. We're an interactive ministry. Today, people came on our forums and asked questions. They did that yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before and the day before that. You get the idea. And God willing, by his grace and mercy to this ministry, they'll be doing that tomorrow. And so let us know how we can help. We have a free community that you can jump on and you can ask questions. We would love to serve you that way. We'll be your temporary rent-a-friend. We'll help you for a season. And maybe you can be the one that makes the difference within your local church. I would encourage you to read this article, A Good Discipler is a Rent-A-Friend. There are many other resources inside this article, and you can reach out to us. Let us know how we can help. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.